Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Making the Case for a Systemic Approach to Advanced Basal Cell Carcinoma, a Multidisciplinary Team Strategy to Optimize Long-Term Care. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by an independent medical education grant from Regeneron Pharmaceuticals Incorporated. Welcome everybody. My name is Reinhard Dummer. I'm the head of the skin cancer unit at the Department of Dermatology at the University Hospital in Zurich, Switzerland. And I will introduce you to the current and emerging strategies to optimize the multidisciplinary care of patients with advanced basal cell carcinomas with a special focus on immunotherapy. Let me introduce you to one of our patients, a 76-year-old female patient called Linda. She noticed a lesion starting after an insect bite eight years ago, and this lesion was increasing in size. The biopsy showed ulcerated metatypic basal cell carcinoma. The MRI showed an infiltration of the muscle tissue below the lesion. In the PET-CT, we did not find any distant metastasis. We present this case in our tumor board, which is an interdisciplinary meeting with a lot of physicians, including plastic surgeons, radio-oncology, psycho-oncology. The recommendation was systemic therapy with a hedgehog inhibitor. Most basal cell carcinomas can be cured by surgery or irradiation therapy, but in some advanced cases where surgery and irradiation is not amenable, the patient qualifies for a systemic treatment with a hedgehog inhibitor. These medications are very powerful. However, there are two major reasons that cause failure of these medications. One is intolerance and the other one is progression. The typical adverse events of hedgehog inhibitor therapy includes alopecia, dyscoisia, nausea, connected to weight loss and muscle spasms. Overall, these adverse events are of low grade. However, they impact the quality of life of the patients, resulting in discontinuations of the treatments. In addition, we know molecular mechanisms that are responsible for the development of resistance in the tumor tissue. So in both situations, resistance or intolerability, we are searching for additional treatment approaches. So let us remember this case. There was a very impressive regression of the lesion. Unfortunately, Linda suffered from typical adverse events associated with hedgehog inhibitors. Therefore, we had to introduce drug holidays. And with this, the tolerability was improved. Unfortunately, after additional three months, there was a local relapse. And we had another interdisciplinary discussion about this case. In the event of intolerance or development of resistance to hedgehog inhibitors, a second-line therapy is warranted. In the next session, we will evaluate second-line options in advanced basal cell carcinomas. In this session, let's look at second-line therapeutic approaches in advanced basal cell carcinomas. Unfortunately, the time to a relapse can be quite short. For second-line hedgehog inhibitors, on average, it's around two years. In case of hedgehog inhibitors, intolerability or progression of the disease, anti-PD-1 therapy is a good treatment option. And we have learned that 
Simiplimab can be safely applied. The clinical trial investigating Simiplimab in hedgehog inhibitor-resistant basal cell carcinomas showed promising results, especially if we look at this progression-free survival curve, which shows an estimated median progression-free survival of 19 months. The probability of overall survival is also encouraging. The estimated 12 months probability is around 92%. There are only very limited data reporting on the combination of hedgehog inhibitors with an anti-PD-1 antibody. Some clinical data show that the response rate seems to be similar for both approaches. The addition of an anti-PD-1 antibody to an hedgehog inhibitor might prolong the progression-free survival. However, the patient's numbers are very low. There are additional experimental approaches using another NTPD-1 antibody called nivolumab. Here we see quite impressive response rates in treatment-naive or also refractory patients with basal cell carcinomas pretreated with a hedgehog inhibitors. Some of these patients also received the treatment of nivolumab with relatinimab if they were progressing. There are some signals of efficacy, but again, the patient's numbers are very limited and it's too early to judge whether this approach will be useful in the future. Fortunately, there are a number of additional clinical trials ongoing, and we will learn a lot about the efficacy of NTPD-1 antibodies in the next years. So we have learned that immunotherapy has demonstrated efficacy in second-line basal cell carcinomas, and additional studies are ongoing. Next, let's look on the safety profiles of immunotherapies in advanced basal cell carcinoma. In our third session, we'll examine immune-related adverse events associated with immunotherapies and how to manage them. Let's keep in mind that second-line basal cell carcinoma patients are of advanced age and comorbidities are frequent. The adverse events are on-target effects. They are auto-inflammatory symptoms that are caused by the interference with the immune function, and they can affect different organ systems, such as the gastrointestinal tract, endocrine organs, the lungs, skin, and the liver. Typically, we can continue the treatment in mild or also in many moderate symptoms. However, if severe symptoms are occurring, then we have to consider to discontinue the immunotherapy and add on immunosuppressive drugs with corticosteroids. It is important to note that the use of corticosteroids for the treatment of adverse event does not affect the efficacy of immunotherapy. If we are taking care for patients with advanced basal cell carcinomas treated with immunotherapy, we have to know the adverse event profiles and the frequency. We have to educate our patients about early signs of immune-related adverse events and encourage them to contact our team if there are signs of immune-related inflammatory systems. Some adverse events are noticed, for example, cutaneous. However, there are a number of other adverse events with no symptoms, and these include hepatitis, also sometimes cardiomyositis, and endocrine adverse events. So therefore, we have to do a close monitoring using lab investigations to recognize these inflammatory episodes as soon as possible. Keep in mind that despite the many adverse events, 
the majority of the patients tolerates the treatment quite well. And actually, my patient, Linda, she had no adverse event except skin itch that could be locally treated with emollients. Next, we will discuss factors to consider when deciding if a patient is an appropriate candidate for an immunotherapeutic approach. In this session, let's look at when it's appropriate to transition a patient to an immunotherapy from an hedgehog inhibitor. By definition, patients with locally advanced or metastatic basal cell carcinomas are not candidates for surgery radiotherapy. So in this situation, an hedgehog inhibitor is appropriate. The majority of patients is qualifying for a treatment with hedgehog inhibitors. We have two medications available, Vismodigib and Zonidigib. Typically, these medications are very powerful concerning their anti-tumor activity. Unfortunately, there are cases of disease progression or more common intolerance to these medications. And then in these situations, we are switching to second-line treatment and we are using the NTPD-1 antibody Simiplimab to treat these patients further on. If we consider to apply immunotherapy to patients with advanced basal cell carcinomas, we have to face specific patient population, including organ transplant recipients, patients with autoimmune disease, HIV, hepatitis, or other comorbidities, including the very frequent hematological disorders such as chronic lymphocytic leukemia. Patients with solid organ transplants or co-malignancies, including hematological malignancies, have been excluded from the treatment with simiplimab in clinical trials. However, we have now clinical data that show us that simiplimab can be safely used, at least in patients with chronic lymphocytic leukemia. In organ transplant recipients, we have to be aware that the use of simiplimab may result in severe complications. Therefore, special attention is necessary. So let's remember our patient, Linda. She had an improvement of the tumor situation, unfortunately associated with a relapse, when we had to reduce the dose intensity due to adverse event. After that, surgeons, radio-oncologists, and psychiatrists, as well as dermatologists, discussed the case. And the decision was to use simiplimab as a potentially curative approach with reasonable tolerability. And in this situation, we will also avoid disfiguring local procedures. Let's summarize. Disease progression or intolerance to hedgehog inhibitors define when second-line immunotherapies may be appropriate. In our final session, we'll discuss long-term multidisciplinary management of advanced basal cell carcinomas. Now, we need to consider how to improve patient survivorship and enhance patient quality of life over the long term. Patients can experience multiple immune-related adverse events over the duration of the treatment and even after discontinuation. So typically, skin adverse events are early during the treatment. Later on, we have to face diarrheas caused by colitis, endocrine complications, or pneumonitis. In our clinic, we have a special interdisciplinary team of experts that are contacted if one of our patients suffers from these type of adverse events. 
During the treatment of advanced basal cell carcinoma using immunotherapy, there are a number of symptoms that are not symptomatic events. So therefore, we need a number of lab values that are continuously monitored. These include, for example, the blood count, monitoring of important hormones, including cortisol and thyroid hormones. Besides the monitoring of lab values, we are also examining the patient and we always do a careful assessment of the disease manifestation. In the early phase, we often see even slight increases in size, which are caused by an inflammation and influx of lymphocytes. And later on, in many patients, we are able to observe and document a regression of the tumor. So what are the major problems that we see in these patients? There is hepatitis, and this is typically not noticed by the patients. There is colitis resulting in diarrhea. Some patients are suffering from atralgia. Few patients have problems with the kidneys, nephritis. Fortunately, this is very rare. Another very important adverse event to consider, which is myocarditis. It's really rare, but it can be life-threatening and it can be without symptoms. Therefore, consider monitoring of the cardiac inflammation by troponin. So effective management requires input across multiple disciplines to ensure that immune-related adverse events are proactively monitored and addressed. Finally, I want to summarize for you what we have learned today. The effect of HEDGEP inhibitors is limited due to primary resistance and low tolerability. Now we have the opportunity for long-term benefit using checkpoint inhibitors such as simiplimab for a second-line treatments in this patient population. Thank you very much for joining this program. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.